Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hello and welcome to the first edition of Hoops Hub. I'm Brian Armetta, joined by Kevin Amoroso, Zeke Cohen. Gentlemen, we are on the, the eve of another NBA season. I'm excited and I'm a Knicks fan, which means most people should be really excited. Uh, guys, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Pretty excited about the season, ready to talk shop about some of our sleepers and busts for the upcoming season. It's going to be an exciting one. Lots of guys that... uh. We can see where the ball is going to kind of lie out for them. So I'm excited. Yeah, you know, um, as a Knicks fan, I'm really just looking forward to rooting for a playing team this year. I'm just excited to get to that point of the season because uh, it'll be over. And uh, that, that's it. Just can't wait for it to end already. <laughs> love some good nihilism before we even get to November. That is the next one. Um, yeah. And it's funny, you know, we used, I used to always say, oh, the plan sucks, but now it's my lifeline to competitive basketball. Very cruel what Adam Silver did to my emotions. Uh, so, Zeke, you mentioned it. We're going to do some sleepers and busts, some last-minute draft advice before your seasons get started. Uh, fair notice before we get started on this. Our focus is mainly going to be nine-category head-to-head uh, leagues, but we will try and mix in some points knowledge here and there where we get it. Um, Roto, honestly, I don't think any of us have ever done a Roto League. I'm not really a big fan. There are other sources for Roto advice, so I will tell you this is not your pod. Everyone else, this is your pod. Very excited to start this fantasy basketball season off. And um, Zeke, let's get it started with one of your sleepers on the season, someone that you should people should be targeting in drafts that might be going under the radar. Yeah, so for my first sleeper, I wanted to talk about Nick Claxton with that shaved head this season. Nick might be a next-level aerodynamic freak on the court. Anywho, though, uh, I love Claxton this year. Right now, he's sitting at a 133 ADP. Uh, he's going to be really the only starting center option for the Nets. As we know, we're not really sure how that lineup's going to look with the Nets' big three actually in like full health this season. Either way, though, you're going to draft Claxton with, with a plus category in rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage. Uh Honestly, for me, Nick is probably around like a 10th or 11th round pick with a high upside value. If he's going to get anywhere near 30 minutes a night, I think he's a great pick. And of course, you're going to get that coveted blocks category out of him. Uh, he is going to be a menace in that category. And especially with that starting rotation, if he really is going to get like 27, 30 minutes a night, I don't see how he really is a worse than like a second or third center option on your team. I love Nick this year. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, blocks late in drafts where you aren't overpaying for blocks, I should add, because there are guys like I love the player, but Mitchell Robinson to me is a bit overvalued in like the eighth, seventh round. Sometimes he's going. You can get Nick in the teens of rounds. That's really high value. That's exactly what you want. And I think also one thing we might not have mentioned is the Nets are weird in that they're like constantly rotating guys. I don't see this team like that trio of, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, like how many games do we expect them all to share the court? Not that many. So there's even potential for Nick to get double-digit scoring some nights, which, you know, you're not drafting him for that, but it certainly helps. Field goal percentage is always going to be solid. And again, blocks, rebounds, they're like gold. Uh, Kevin, let me hear a sleeper from you that we should maybe be keeping our eye out for. 
All right. So one of the guy that I really like this year is Keldon Johnson of the San Antonio Spurs. Now let me get into why. So the San Antonio Spurs are in full tank mode this year, right? Um, that means Keldon Johnson's the number one scoring option. They traded away Jonte Murray. He was there. He had most. He uh, took up most of their usage last year. Keldon Johnson was a number two scorer, and now this year, Keldon Johnson seems to be like the main focus of this offense. Now they also have Devin Vassell. They have a few other guys in there. Um, offensively, can you help me out there? Who's who's playing offensively on the team? Uh, Vassell, Podal down low. We'll see. Yeah, come on. Um, um, a guy I'm going to mention that I will not name is also playing there. And they just drafted Jeremy Sochan out of Baylor, but he's not really going to be scoring a ton. He's kind of like a glue grit guy. Um, fun player to watch. But, yeah, this is not a very good team. There are points to be had with no DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I think Keldon could go up to score about 22, 23 points a game. Right now he's an 88 ADP. I think I'd get him in the uh, sixth or seventh round as a good little steal there. Very reasonable. I could even right. see taking him in the fifth. I mean – I just mentioned Dante. Um, we've seen how good guys can be, like on teams with nobody else around. You know, I think in any fantasy sport, but especially basketball, where honestly, like social media, the whole vibe of players kind of pushes some too high, too low. You know, people are going to be sleeping on a lot of people, at least those who aren't like in the know in fantasy basketball, are going to be sleeping on Keldon because, like, ew, Spurs, who cares? Gross. Lottery teams need to score points. I mean, in Utah, Colin Sexton, I'm sure will flirt with 20 points or more. And he's going to be a nice pick. I don't think we're going to mention him today. But, you know, someone like that. Keldon fits the bill. And Keldon plays down low. He's versatile. You can slot him at any forward spot. He's going to get some boards. He's going to get some assists simply because of the usage rate. Uh, certainly high value there. He's a point shooter, too. Sure. I also think with three last year on five attempts. Yeah. And Keldon this year, I mean, he really does feel like a true breakout candidate. I don't know about you guys, but like each season he's been in the league for the past three years, like his numbers and efficiency has consistently kind of gone up. And now we're like, he really is in a system where what else do they have really? Like it's all going to be run through him, I think, pretty much. I mean, Total will get some double-doubles. This is only going to help him because Keldon's probably going to be getting assists on half of those points. So – yeah, and he's a guy who helps you almost everywhere, too, right? Like, he's not going to kill you in any category. Uh, maybe, I don't even think turnovers, but if they give him the ball a lot, there's potential for that. But I don't even see that because he's not really like a, a guard, so he's not going to be handling it quite that much. Um, he's got not that many downside, not that much downside, um, a lot of upside. So, good pick there. I'm going to stick with the San Antonio Spurs since we're on the subject. And I'm going to mention Trey Jones. Uh, so DeJounte Murray's gone, as I mentioned, and somebody's got to handle the ball for this team. Um, now, it's a little scary. They have drafted Joshua Primo and Malachi Branham in the first round last couple of years. But I think Trey is the guy eventually. I think he will eventually separate himself. And when you look at the numbers, he really played well after uh, – or not, sorry, excuse me, second half of last year, and that was with Murray on the team, so he wasn't getting a ton of minutes. His per 36 stats last year, 13 points, seven assists, almost five rebounds on a very solid 49% field goal percentage, which for a point guard, you love to see. He's not really a three-point shooter, and I don't know if he'll ever accumulate that many points, but he's exceptionally strong rebounding, very good assist guy, and again, somebody has to distribute the ball for this team. I don't hate the core of Vassal, Johnson, Hodel, that's good enough to get some assists. 
it's going to keep them competitive, and I would not be surprised to see Jones outperform his current range of around teens. He's kind of going a little too late for my liking. I'd consider him as early as the eighth round. I think there's a lot of upside potential there. All right, moving on, let's get some busts. Now, Kevin, I'm going to whip it right back around to you. Um, you're very opinionated, like all of us. Uh, let, let's Enough with the good vibes. All right, lay into someone. Who should you not draft at their current price? All right, so I'm a Knicks fan, and I don't want this to come to fruition. I want Jalen Brunson to do well, but I do not like his ADP at 38. 38. He's above guys like Drew Holland, Donovan Mitchell, Shy Gilders Alexander, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, De'Aaron Fox. What is this insanity? Chris Paul. What is this? Jalen Brunson. Hey, listen, I would love for him to have a great season. I, I want him to put up, I think he could put up 25 and 5. I think that actually could be realistic for him this year. I don't think so. But I, I mean, fantasy wise, yeah, that could be his stat line. I could see a 25 and 5 and maybe a steal or two a game. He's a, he's a good defender, right? We know this about Jalen Brunson. But that's his ceiling to me. We have R.J. Barrett, another, who's going to be our top scorer on this team. We have Evan, Evan Fournier, who's going to take up some shot. Okay, I'm kidding. But you, you haven't mentioned the human black hole. Who is the human Randall? black hole? Julius Randle. That's where I was going. Where do you think I was going next? He takes up a bunch of stats on the team. He, has, he, uh, he is going to have a, another high usage rate this year. So, I mean, yeah, I like Jalen Brunson as a player. And, you know – I really want him to do well, but he he put up six. What did he put up last year? He put up sixteen points last year. He had a great playoffs, but you're gonna tell me that he's is <laughs> after putting up sixteen. What? I mean, look. Let me sorry. Let me look this up. Sixteen four and three last year, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, sixteen five and four. Sixteen points, five and assists. No, four, Luke, uh, but there's only so much that goes because, like you mentioned, this is a crowded Knicks team. Yeah, it is a crowded Knicks team, and I just his ceiling is is a third round pick to me and he is a third round pick right now. I don't, I don't see how his value is going to yeah. come. Uh, I don't third think round pick in ESPN leagues, I believe. I don't know if it's the same in Yahoo. No, nah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's ESPN, leagues is ESPN ADP, ADP, which is a little right. insane. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, I think there's really no scenario where I see him bring value to you and uh, being worth his pick, especially in the third round or fourth round. He's a nice fifth or sixth round pick, but not, not in the third or fourth. Yeah, yeah I'd be very hesitant with the New York Knicks this year, at least to start the year and where they're kind of ranked right now. They are pretty clogged and they have some new pieces coming in. We don't really know if Julius is going to get anywhere near that form where he was most improved player. RJ is going to be looking to take that next step. You bring in Brunson, you're looking at him as realistically being a number three option. Who knows exactly like how well he's going to live up to the contract that he got paid, but uh We'll have to see. But, yeah, like what Kevin was saying, I mean, safe fifth or sixth round pick. Uh, I don't really understand any logic taking him in the third round. Yeah, I actually love Brunson in the fifth or sixth. But in the third, God, no. Good God, no. Um, you know, assists are very rare. Uh, you want to get some one of those elite point guards in the top three rounds. And Brunson's a nice compromise if you can't pair, like, say, someone like LaMelo, uh, Halliburton. Um, there's more guys off the top of my head. Trey. If you want to pair that and double down and really dominate assists, Brunson's a nice target in the fifth or sixth, but in the third round, no, no, no. So I'm with you guys there. Zeke, uh, time to get negative. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, DeMar DeRozan just isn't going to be that guy this year. 
I mean, I understand. Look, the Bulls don't really got much going for them, right? Lonzo's going to be out to start the year. Don't have their primary playmaker. DeMar is still going to be that number one option. He's going to be used. But is he really going to reach that volume and consistency that he was at last season? To me, I don't buy it. And especially with an ADP of 18, you're going to take him in the second round. I don't really see how it works. I mean, it was a career year last year. And each season since the San Antonio Spurs years, at least, like he has gotten a to be a better playmaker each and every single season. So look, the positive that you're going to get out of him is he's still going to get you the points. He's going to get your rebounds. He's going to get you assists. Field goal percentage, I don't really know. We'll have to see how that one goes. But um, look, I just don't see how you really take him in the second round when realistically we might have seen the peak of his career. I don't really see how he maintains the same level of efficiency and productivity that he reached last season. And to me, he seems like a third or fourth round guy. I just cannot take him in the second when there's still too much talent available on the board. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I also should add that, yes, the numbers went up, but he also was averaging like two and a half turnovers per game. So not great in nine category leagues. Uh, also, I wanted to ask you this. How do you think the Lonzo injury impacts Jamar? Is that a positive or negative for him fantasy-wise? You know, I- I've been toggling with this a bit. I honestly do think that I'm at the point, even though I've loved Lonzo Ball throughout his entire career, if he isn't going to be on the floor consistently, how is it going to really affect him? Like, they only played about, like, I'm spitballing here, but, like, what, 20, 30 games together last year? Like, it wasn't even enough time to truly gel. So I feel like with Lonzo being out this year, look, Caruso is a little mini Lonzo ball, kind of, in my opinion. I mean, shooting-wise, like, he's not really there, but, like, he kind of plays the same way that Lonzo does on the floor. Like, he passes the ball. He's a pest, pretty much. Defensive night mismatch for almost anyone. But um, he gets steals. He's a sneaky pick in uh, leagues this year. Look, I honestly think the Bulls are going to be just fine without Lonzo. And I think it's going to be one of those things this season where, you know, this team just, what, a play-in at best? Like, I just don't really see, especially with, like, the East this season, at least with a healthy Brooklyn and, you know, the Hawks looking to come back into it. Just don't really see how the Bulls reach that uh, that level of standing that they had last year. So to answer your question, though, I don't really think Lonzo being out of the lineup is going to affect Demar that much. He was still able to produce like crazy last year. All I'm saying is that this year, just expect the gradual decline to kind of start taking effect. Yeah, second feels a little too rich for my blood. I like him in like the late third, maybe. Um... But, you know, you're like you said, you're banking on a guy who just had 28 points, clearly his best season of his career, to maintain that. And that's just difficult to do. Um, and I think the team got a little worse around him. I think the Bulls kind of got exposed as the season went on as, you know, I think, remember the start of last year, top three team in the there East. Were, there I were never thought that. Yeah, there, there was a one team for a bit. Football. But, like, you know, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you if you thought that was the best team in the East. And eventually it showed. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to keep keeping with the theme. You guys are keeping me on brand. Uh, I'm going to go back to another player who had a career year that I don't see maintaining. And we're going to talk about DeJounte Murray. So the Hawks made the big trade, three first round picks, players to San Antonio, um, who we mentioned before now has a gaping hole at point guard. Um, DeJounte Murray 
let's get this straight. In real life, I love this player. Like, this is a fantastic player. I would have loved for my Knicks to have gotten him. I think the Hawks made a good move here. Fantasy-wise, I'm very scared where he's going late second, early third in a lot of drafts. That I think a lot of his value, it, yes, it comes from being like a guy who had a lot of triple-doubles last year. I mean, 9.2 assists, 8 rebounds a game, 21 points on decent percentages. I mean, three point three thirty shooter, he's fine. But my thing is, he's going to a team with one of the highest volume shooters and assist guys in the game in Trey Young. I just don't see... I don't see how playing without the ball in his hands nearly as much of the time might be cut in half just because of you're with Trey. I don't see how he comes even close to his numbers last year. And granted, his numbers last year made him like a top 10 guy in most leagues. But still, you're banking on him to get, I mean, at least like seven boards, seven assists, and like over 18 points. Sure, I could see it happening, but it's kind of tough, especially with a guy who doesn't have amazing shooting percentages either. So ultimately, you're really drafting him because he's such a good steals guy. And listen, I love steals. Um, They're great. I mean, he led the league with two steals a game last year. But number one, they're not always the most reliable stat. Number two, I don't like drafting guys purely because of one category. You know, I like taking guys who can help me. And not to say DeJounte can't, but you're really drafting him because of the value he gives you in steals. And I don't see that as worth a second-round price when you've got really good players behind him. Um, similarly to DeMar, you're banking on a guy to maintain his season high. You know, he'd never scored more than 15 points per game until last year. And I certainly believe what we saw last year is closer to who he is as a player, the all-star. But I don't know if that will be statistically on display in Atlanta. So I, I disagree with you. I have to say this. Sure. As a sec, late second, early third round pick, I mean, here's where I project Jonte Murray with uh, Trey Young. Um, he's, yes, you're, his assists are right. His assists are going to go down. That's going to be an issue for him. But, I mean, he put up eight last year, right? So I think he could put up about – even with about 60% of the usage he had last year, he could put up about 16, 7, and 7 or 6 assists. Um, he's a good – and then like 1.5 to 2 steals a game. He's a good uh, He's a good source of boards as a guard, and I think you kind of oversaw it, like kind of – what am I trying to say? Missed that, I guess. And um, I, listen, I don't hate him in the late third. It's just when I see him in the early, in the late second, it's just like, eh, yeah, but, yeah I guess it's ceiling. I guess, yeah, I guess it's shooting splits, but he will be a great. It depends on the team build, to be fair. Yeah. Like, I don't see him with like a Jokic. Uh, yeah, I, I guess his ceiling is like a mid round, second round. So I could see it. Like, he's not going to be the same guy he was last year. That's, that's obvious. But, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't hate him this year. I might. I might. Might take him, and other guys don't. And he's not. He's not my my biggest bust. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm saving that one. Um, that's my. That'll be my magnum opus. Um, all right. Uh, let's get back to some sleepers, Zeke. Uh, who? One more player you like this year? You know, I'm debating between two guys right now who I want to share, but honestly, I'm just gonna go with my heart. I love Ben Simmons. I want to see my boy go out this year with a clean head screwed on, with the back injury seeming to be in the past. I truly do think that right now Ben Simmons is sitting with a 66 ADP. I honestly think that he has upside of being a top 40 guy by the end of the season. I mean, look, Ben, before all the stuff happened with the travesty in Atlanta, (laughs) I mean, look, he's an elite fantasy point guard. He gets you – 
insane field goal percentage. He's going to get you points, rebounds, assists, and steals. The Nets might even be experimenting with some sort of small ball lineup with Ben at the five. Don't be surprised to see his blocks go up potentially if they start implementing that in. I just honestly feel like, you know, depending on the roster that you're trying to put together, if you're going to like throw away free throw percentage, I think Ben is kind of the guy to bring into your team, depending on if that's how you're going to make it. Um, I mean, look, we could get into the cons of it. We could talk about the back injuries. We could talk about the mental health issues. But look, honestly, Ben has been more upfront with the media than honestly he's ever been in his career, at least this summer. We It feels at least like he's kind of gotten to a place individually with what he's been saying on some of these podcasts and interviews that he's done where he really is just like, in a sense, leaning into it. Like, you know, he hears all the noise, but he's just going to go out and be him. And if he could be in a system like Brooklyn where they just want him to be who he is, they're not asking him to do much more than he already does. They just want him to play his game. And don't be surprised if, like, Ben is going to be the primary facilitator and playmaker on that floor for the entire season. The only thing I would be mildly concerned about is this load management thing. I mean, look, Ben hasn't had a full season under his belt since the 2020 year. It's going to take him a little bit to kind of get his legs back underneath him. But look, top 40 guy at the end of the day can't go wrong with him. And I like love fourth yeah, and fifth round situation. 100%. The only thing I'll add is not only are you punting free throw percentage, you also might be kind of punting turnovers. He yeah, I was going to get into that also. But but I'm. it's worth it unless your team build is very dependent on those two categories. I would totally be targeting him as early as the fifth round. Um, listen, there's like some injury concern. But again, similar to Claxton, you're very heavy on the nets today. That's okay. Yeah. I'll forgive it. Um, similar to Claxton, when one of those when one of those other two guys are out, which will happen probably for almost 20 games each, somebody's got to score. Ben's got the ball in his hands the most. Um, and when they're in, he'll be getting assists. So there's a lot of upside as long as he can stay healthy um, physically and mentally. And I really hope he does. And I think you're right. He has some good perspective this year. Kevin, uh, who else are you targeting in drafts this year? Targeting. I am targeting my favorite Nick, R.J. Barrett. Mm. Let me explain why. The last three seasons, R.J. Barrett's usage and points have gone up. Um, he's looked, I mean, as, as a Knicks fan, he's been a better player. He's been a better player the last three seasons. And last year, especially for the second half of the season, he was really good. He averaged 24 points uh, in, like, this, I believe the second half of games. And he brought his average from, like, 17 points a game to, to straight 20 points a game. Um, this year, I expect no different. I think R.J. Barrett's going to be the lead scorer on the Knicks. I don't see why he would not be. He um, he And he's right now, his ADP is at... A 96. His ADP is at a 96. That's a, what a 12th, a 10th round, 9th round pick. Yeah, it's like around the 9th or 10th. I think that's a little insane for him. I think it's a little disrespectful. Um, again, I think you know he's not a great assist guy. He won't be a great assist guy, but he could put up at a what is he? A, he's a guard forward. Yeah, he's a guard forward. So he well, could put up. He's like right? above average assist wise if you put him at like small forward. He's like yeah. around. He's not going to hurt you there. Yeah, exactly. So you know he's not like. He's not going to be special in the sick assist, but he's not a good defensive player. He's not going to be good at steals and blocks. But he's going to – I think he could put up about 22 to 24 points a game, be a good source of points there. I think he could go – his rebounds could go up a little bit. I mean, he's probably going to be around six or seven rebounds a game, something like that. It won't be more than that. But, you know, solid. His free throw percentage is not very good, too, as for a guy. But it's also not – for, for um, a guy that's supposed to be a good scorer. But it's also not terrible. It's, it's around, you know, league average 72%. Um, yeah, so he's really not going to help you in rates either. 
right now, but he's like, I don't think he will hurt you. Last year, he shot 41% from three, from point rates, honestly. Field goal percentage, no. But yeah. three pointers, he's not but a I bad think he'll be better with threes. So he, he shot 41% from the field last year, 34%, yeah. Yeah, can I, 34% from three. And um, this year, I think uh, he's going to go back to his 2020-2021 season where he shot 40% from three. I think he'll have a little bit uh, with Brunson on the roster and a full healthy Knicks team. I think he'll have a little bit more opportunity to work on the three-point line. I think he'll be a little bit more efficient there, too. Um, so, yeah, I just really like R.J. Barrett at 96 in that ninth round because I I mean, I just I don't see how he will get worse. And last year, he was a 20.6 rebound a guy, guy game. I mean, I think his floor is his ADP. So I love R.J. Barrett. Very solid player. Um, I think you're banking on improvement, but if you get said improvement, yeah. his current price will be low. So, yeah, um, definitely worth a shot. Also, once you get to that point in the draft, kind of like take who you like. And, yeah. you know, we talk about perception. Some people are very negatively perceiving RJ. Um, some people are very high on him. So if you can find a nice middle ground and take him where he should be taken, which I think would say around the, say around like the late seventh, eighth round, um, pretty reasonable. Uh, all right, so I'm going to talk about Jalen Smith, who I've loved for a while. I think he's a guy that, you know, a first-round talent, but he never really had the chance to do anything in um, Phoenix. Gets traded to the Pacers, and uh, what are the Pacers? You know, it's Halliburton, it's Miles Turner, and then it's some guys. Uh, you know, I like Benny Mathurin. Um, it, it's not a completely talentless team, but there's opportunity. He's basically been confirmed as the starting power forward this year. And when I look at his numbers after the trade last year, uh, 22 games, 13 points, 7.6 assists, uh, very solid field goal percentage of 553%, and shot the best three ball of his career, 37%. I'll take that all day for my power forward. So if he can kind of build off of that and maintain those strong percentages, plus there's the chance Miles Turner gets traded. And if that happens, he's going to be collecting more boards than ever. I could seriously flirting, see him flirting around like eight or nine boards a game. This is a guy who you can get in the seventh or eighth round, kind of like a bit earlier than RJ is his range. Um, I'd certainly be looking to snatch him up then. Uh, a lot of upside for Smith, I think, in Indiana. And a lot of minutes and usage to go around, especially after what we've thought is inevitable for the last two years, but the eventual Miles Turner trade that I hope and pray we see come to fruition. Lakers 2027 first, right? All right. So um, we're going to wrap up with some busts. Kevin. All right. My my second bust here is going to be a certain Chicago center named – first of all, we're hating Chicago guys today. We, we're hating on Chicago today. I hate Chicago, so it, it works. Um, Nikola Vucevic at a 26 ADP. It's a little gross. It's, it means an early third-round pick for Nikola Vucevic. Um, I don't hate him as a player. I think he's a pretty. I think he's a really good, you know, solid, really good center. But I mean, look at that Bulls team. You got guys like Zach Levine and Demar Derozan who are already going to get the ball more than Nikola Vucevic is. And then you know, my I looking at this roster, and I, before I was doing, I was looking at this roster before I made my picks, and I was looking. You know, the Bulls have Andre Drummond. That I feel like is going to be a guy that's going to take a lot of stats away from Nikola Vucevic. And obviously, this is what fantasy basketball is about. Um, ESPN is projecting him to improve from last year. He averaged 17 points last year, and they have him back at about 20 points, which I, I don't understand. So it's it's off the basis of him improving scoring wise, which I don't really understand. Uh, he's going to be, you know, a good free throw shooter for a center. He's going to be, I don't know, he's a good rebounder, but for a center. Um, 
yeah, still a good rebound for a center. He's going to put up double-digit rebounds, guaranteed. Uh, but a good scorer, but not particularly great with blocks. About a block a game last year. A steal a game last year helps from the center position, but it's not game-changing. Um, three per- his three-point percentage, it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I don't really know if we want a center that's going to shoot from three. If it's going to knock down your three-point percentage and his field goal percentage as well. I mean, think about that, right? At the center position, you want guys that are going to help you at the field goal position. If he's going to shoot under 50% from three and I mean, under 50% from the field and 31% from three, which is fine, but I mean, it's not a we're, – we're going based off shooting percentage, not shooting how many threes you make. So volume isn't really a factor here. And and if he's going to help hurt you in those categories and I don't know – maybe be a help in scoring and rebounds, but not a huge help as a center. I, I just don't really understand it. I mean, he, he's still a let, – let me get this straight. He's still a round four, round five guy. But at, at the early third round, I don't get it. I really don't understand it. I mean, he's, a, he's right next to Zion Williamson in ADP. And he's right below Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis. And I know Anthony Davis, you know, he's hurt this year. But, like, he's above freaking Bam Adebayo, man, Kyrie. Like, I just – I don't see it. I do not see Nikola Vucevic being a top 25 player in fantasy this year. And that's what you would want to get out of him if you drafted him at his current ADP. Yeah. Also, I wonder with no Lonzo, he might not be getting as many good looks um, yeah. worth mentioning. And yeah, I think Vucevic in the eyes of many fantasy basketball owners is kind of like what Nick Chubb is. He's like reliable, boring, but I don't know unless I'm in, I mean, in a points league, I like him. And a league with three-pointers made instead of percentages, I like him more. But in a standard nine-category head-to-head, I believe 26 is far too high. I'm with you there. Zeke, one more player. I'm going to go with Jordan Poole. You know, look, the jaw is still, you know, together. He's taking some time to figure that out. Uh, Hopefully, he'll be ready for the start of the season next week. But anywho. Uh, Jordan Poole, I mean, let's be real. Last year, the Splash Bros missed 51 games combined. Are they really going to miss another 51 games? I mean, look, when they were off the floor, one or both of them were injured. I mean, he put it together pretty well. I mean, look, he averaged 21 points, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal as a starter in about 25, 26 games. Compared to when he was coming off the bench, he only averaged 14, three and three and a half steals. I don't really see how when you're going to take him at a 74 ADP that you're really going to get that value out of him. I mean, look, Jordan Poole is probably one of the most exciting young players to watch in the league right now. I personally really enjoy his game. I think he's only going to get better. He's going to get a bag this this season. I just don't really see how he is a reliable fantasy player when you're really only going to be getting points and assists out of him. You're not really going to get field goal percentage. You're not really going to get three-point percentage, I think. I think this is all really going to come down to how he could adapt to the bench role. Because, look, he start, obviously he started his career off the bench. He struggled for a bit. But then he kind of started putting it together once he started getting that opportunity in more minutes. Great. I think now coming off the bench and playing a very specific role that the team is going to need. Also coming to a point where you're about to make $100 million. I personally see him averaging around 17 or 18 a game as a sixth man. I don't really see where you're going to get the other categories out of him. You might be able to get a steal or two out of him. I don't know, but 74 seems a little bit too high for me. Again, great player when given the opportunity. To me, more of like an eighth or ninth round guy. 
you're just not a fantasy player. Just not a good fantasy player. Really good in real life, but he's not going to put up stats for you. You're right. And I think also there's like a public perception about guys who are like on good teams that made it to the finals. You know, it's fresh in everyone's mind. Um, that was probably the last basketball everyone's watched was Celtics Warriors, and he was fantastic. So, you know, there's a natural just inflation psychologically. of Recency teams. bias. Yeah, recency bias. That's the term. Um, so, yeah, I think his price is currently going a little too high. Partially because of that, partially because, you know, oh, the Splash Brothers are always injured. Well, you don't really want to bank on that every year. All right, I'm going to close things out with the guy I don't get. I don't get why Tobias Harris is a sixth-round pick. I don't understand it. I'd like someone to run it by me. I mean, listen, if James Harden was not on the 76ers, this is a steal, right? But he is, and he's dominating the usage with the the second-highest usage center in the game in Joel Embiid with a very good three-point shooter in Tyrese Maxey. So that all spells not much work for Tobias Harris. Look at his stats post-Harden trade last year. Averaged 14.6 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists. That does not scream sixth round pick. That does not scream sixth best player on my team. That is like 10th round pick. I don't get it. Tobias Harris is what he is. He's a fine, solid role player. He's If he wasn't overpriced, I'd say he's good to have. Um, in a, without, without context, he's a good player to have on your team in real life. But, I mean, what are we doing here? Is this just, like, name value? There's only so many mouths to feed on a solid Sixers team. Don't get me wrong. They're very good. I think they're actually underrated. But I, I want no part of this. I don't want any part of Tobias Harris's ADP. It's nuts. It's insane. I don't get it. I think it's just people reach a certain point in drafts where it's guys like Jalen Smith, uh, Sangoon. You don't know these names that well. Oh, Tobias Harris. Well, he's been around for, like, a decade. I'm going to take him. And this is how we get complacency. This is how we get boring rosters. This is how we get tacos by December. Please do not draft Tobias Harris in the sixth round. I am begging you. If you leave this video or this show with anything, do not draft Tobias Harris in the sixth round. <sighs> yeah, I just don't see really any value that you're going to get out of him this year. I mean, look, the Sixers are going to be stacked, like what you were saying. But, like, where is Tobias Harris really going to excel within this team? I don't really see it, especially with James being there now, especially with Tyrese Maxey looking to be a legitimate number three option this year, who's also going to be taking a lot of possessions away. Tobias is going to be a fourth option on the floor. I mean, what? Maybe you'll see an increase in rebound. I don't know. But I just see him more like what you were saying, Brian, eighth or ninth round guy. Easy. And I more or less like, you really want to look at him on your team every week? Like, I don't know. Like, you're just not really going to get any fun out of it either. Like, it's just a kind of miserable player to roster. It, uh, respectfully, my opinion, though. Better real-life player. But, yeah, fantasy-wise, very boring. Yeah. Doesn't excite you. All right. That's going to do it for our first edition of Hoops Hubs. It was a blast. Thank you for listening. We're going to have more content as the season goes on. Very excited excited to do it with you two gentlemen um guys have a great day to those listening happy nba season enjoy it uh you've got about two weeks until you start stressing over your roster have a good one